right, guys. So we're going to do a, a quick rundown. We're just going to kind of go through each uh, host and uh, go through their list and go through quickly through the three games that we've played so far. And then if there's any midseason changes, uh, and then we got a little more talk after that. But uh, first things first, how's everybody doing? Matthew, how you doing over there? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Very good. What about you, Josh? I'm doing pretty good. I don't think I'm doing as well as you two are, at least in terms of uh, the league. <laughs> More well, on that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. Spoiler alert. Well, since you uh, since you already opened it up, why don't you go ahead? Sure. So uh, I'm I bringing brought Midnight Suns. I'm still playing Midnight Suns in the midseason. So my current list is Black Cat, Blade, Doctor Strange. I took the gem off. Dr. Voodoo, Ghost Rider, Hella, Hulk, Iron Fist, Mystique, and Wong. Very good. Very good. So keeping that Midnight Suns train going, huh? Yeah, they're super fun. I, mean, I just like Ghost Rider. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Did you what, play uh, Ghost Rider in any of your games, John? Yeah, I don't think you did. No, I, uh, so I had some fatal list building flaws that really prevented me from being able to play Ghost Rider at point values I would have liked to. He was basically only available at like 20, or like high point values. The changes I made, uh, I took out Bullseye and added Wong, so I had an affiliated two. I took out the uh, Soul Gem on Strange so that he could be played at five points. He's a little bit more interchangeable with Ghost Rider. And I took out Moon Knight for Hela so that I had a lower point uh, bump and run target which is what Strange was doing with the gem. So it really makes my list building more flexible. I can't go quite as wide at, low, like, at lower points with like Moon Knight, Blade, Black Cat, Iron Fist, stuff like that. But it really lets me get some of those big boys in at lower point costs. I, I think overall that's better than what I had gr- going on. We're yet to see. It's relatively untested. Yeah, I know I've been <clears throat> harping at you the last three weeks uh, that I <laughs> did not think that strange was worth the soul gym. Um, I just, I don't know if I'm right. I don't know if I'm wrong, but man, I just think six points to pay for him is a lot. Well, I will tell you before it was soul gem, I did play uh, a tournament in Opelika uh, and I played a few other practice games with the time gem. And the only reason it got swapped to the soul gem is I literally never once used the time gems ability and thought, well, I was I was literally just using it to do the bump and grab. If I'm gonna use use it for that, I might as well use the gem that gives me at least another power somewhere in the game. <laughs> just one more thing. Uh, yeah. But I, I'm curious to see how it works. I, I took that suggestion. I, I have nothing to lose. I'm already, uh, you know, not doing the greenest, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, the other changes I made were I took I, I rearranged my tactics cards a little bit. I added sacrifice and mission objective. Uh, the, the main core is still there, like Disarm, Deception, Follow Me, Deal with the Devil, Siege of Darkness, you know, the big ones. I also changed my restricted loadout. I was taking Medpack Field Dressing, but I joined you in the Brace Field Dressing Club. I realized Strange can heal and Wong can heal. So if I want healing, I can take it and more of it. And... What was really killing me was when someone would throw something really big at me, like my own Hulk or a size four building or my own Ghost Rider. So Brace helps a little bit in those matchups. Yeah, I think 
that's uh, I, d I definitely think that's a good call. I mean, like you said, you you can heal, so that's a little redundant. So being able to brace that big throw is huge, especially because yeah. you added Wong. It's like yeah. double heals in there. Yeah, I mean Wong, Wong Strange and Med Pack is a lot of healing, uh, which won't matter if someone throws the biggest building on the board into someone and one shots them. And then I have to use field dressing and then Mad Pack and then one of their activations to get him up. It's better just to brace it. Yeah, having Med Pack in there instead of brace was definitely just Wong. Yeah, I, I think Wong took that place. And I, I, a lot of people are down on Wong. I'm pretty excited to try him out. Um, I played a test game and I feel like he was kind of an MVP, he really kept my, my board alive. So I'm really excited to try that. The other change I made was another suggestion you made in one of our one of our like private talks. Uh, I took out gamma waves because I realized it's really crappy for me. Um, and I put in spider portals. It's a little bit of a hopefully an anti criminal syndicate and anti uh, black order tech. It's spread out, which I'm fine with. And it is also a flip secure, which I'm also fine with because I have high energy defense on a lot of my characters. Yeah, I think that's a extremely common problem that people uh, do in list building. I think everybody thinks they're good at Gamba, but the reality is, is they're really not <laughs> because everybody <laughs> thinks they are. Um, and so I think that, you know, outside of very few affiliations that are really good at Gamma, um, having Gamma in there is... It's kind it's of a liability. A, it is a liability. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We talked about it during the the, the preseason prep. You know how like we all had gamma in our list, and what was what made us feel like our gammas were better gammas. And even then, you were thinking this gamma's not that great. And and actually, Sooner's point about like everyone thinks they're good at gamma, I thought was a a little shout out to the Strike Better podcast, because they were talking about how they don't actually like Criminal Syndicate on Gamma. And I understand it because like it feels like it just makes sense, but against uh, a higher skilled uh, opponent who sees it coming, it just funnels all the Criminal Syndicate together. And even though they feel like they're great because it's fast scoring and they can go to your back point, it also funnels all the Criminal Syndicate people to get killed. So yeah. it's, it's actually surprisingly... Like a, almost a coin flip for her, for Criminal Syndicate. I actually think, you know, I, I hadn't heard them say that, but I couldn't agree more. I actually think it's bad for not only Criminal Syndicate, but I think it's bad for Black Order also. And a lot of people, and I actually, you know, funny that we're talking about this. I actually posted this earlier today in the Discord that, you know, I thought it wasn't very good with Black Order. And I know a lot of people are like, well, what do you mean? That means everybody can bunch up and Corvus will just kill everybody. Well, if you're teched for Black Order, that's exactly what you want to do. You want to bring it in an in-clumped-up situation. So Corvus, you can sacrifice, you can bodyguard, you can put tanky characters in there, and then Corvus can't kill everybody. And what happens is Black Order is kind of screwed because... They activate, they do husband and wife. They only have one more model to activate. And you have like usually multiple models that you then can just kind of run the table with. And, you know, you're almost always activating last, which is very powerful in Gamma. So it's actually, I think, you know, definitely not one of the best for Criminal Syndicate or Black Order. 
Yeah. And I didn't have a good plan for it. I, I literally just had it in there because I was like, it's, it's all middle stuff. So I want to kill people. So we're going to go middle stuff. And that's all the thought I put into it. Which is, I think, the common, the, the yeah. most common thing people do. They say, oh, I want to kill. I want to brawl. I'm going to put Gamma in there. Yeah. I, I'm going to be honest. I think my secures are my weak, one of the weakest points in my list. I think they still are. I'm confident on Terrigen Mist for some objectives, but not all. Portals I'm comfortable with, demons I'm comfortable with, but I still wonder if there's better. I'm very happy with my extracts. Those I think are exactly where I want them. Secures are the ones I'm still like a little, a little back and forth on. But enough about yeah. me. <laughs> well, do you we'll harp on me later. Do you want to talk about uh, your games? Oh, we want to talk about my games real quick? Okay. So um, round one, I played against a guy named Bane Chain, and I mentioned in my preseason talk that my fears were... The big, me- the, the big meta scary people like Criminal Syndicate and Black Order. So uh, Bane Shane very kindly played Criminal Syndicate into me. We ended up getting the superpowered scoundrels and the spider infected. And I got priority. My goal was uh, to go. F- I went four wide with Strange Gem, Dr. Voodoo, Blade, and who was my other one? Uh, Mystique. And the plan was to grab the middle point, grab my back two points and try to get parity and then start killing him, uh, which is what happened. Um, he played round one and re- he played turn zero and turn one perfectly. He deployed where he needed to deploy. He put black cat on one of my back points. He threatened my other back point and he put sin up in the middle of the table on a six wide criminal syndicate, which I wasn't expecting. Uh, his one mistake was he put Kingpin in the middle of the table. Um, my goal that game was to kill Kingpin, get his leadership off the table. Uh, he was one of the big ones that could displace my team. And he, I think it was round two, he offered him to me by mistake and Mystique ended up killing him. I didn't have to, and I didn't have to burn Siege of Darkness or anything to do it. I still had priority at the end of that round. So top of the turn, I just finished him off and accomplished my goal. And I think that was really the only mistake he made. And then Dice didn't help him recover and, the game kind of went downhill for him after that. It was a good game. Uh, it, it bolstered my confidence in the criminal syndicate a little bit. If I could pick off people like I'd planned, I might have a chance. And then I got the chance to test that because I played against Sploosh round two, and he also brought criminal syndicate. So excellent. Uh, lucky you. Ex- lucky me getting my bad matchup twice in a row against you know, one of the better players in the league. So this one went a lot more poorly for me. We got Infinity Formula and Hammers. I got priority again, and I wanted Reds. And I got hammers rather than one of the odd ones like I typically like, like I got in the last one. And then also an odd objective or an even objective infinity formula. The difference that he brings is he brings Corvus and Proxima, which I was fairly okay with. Uh, I figured I had tools to deal with them. And I took literally the exact same list into this matchup. And, uh, there were some good plays and some bad plays. Uh, and I think all of them were kind of roped together. I think my, my biggest mistake of that game was round one. He, he did exactly what my previous opponent had done. He ran uh, black cat over to my side of the table and sat her on a infinity formula next to two guys. So she would contest that point. So I wouldn't score. And then he did Cor- he did Corvus on the other side which had my mystique and my Dr. Voodoo there. I I ended up deceptioning him behind me and outside of range two of Dr. Voodoo. My thoughts were, I'm going to try to kill him at the beginning of the turn because I have priority. I'll try to kill him. If I do, 
perfect. If I don't, I want to deception him outside of range two, which the deception was to keep him from preventing me from scoring. So there's more points parity. I'm going to keep him outside of range two of Dr. Voodoo. So uh, it's harder for him to retaliate. He'll have to do a death blow and spend power to get to me. I should have left him within range two. At the end of that round, I did end up dazing Corvus. And then uh, three attacks later, Dr. Voodoo was also dazed. And then at the beginning of the turn, I wanted to kill Corvus. Because if I kill Corvus, he loses a lot of output. And I can start kind of running the table. But Corvus is outside of range two, so I can't do Staff of Legba. I can't throw him. Um, and I used my I had to burn my Siege of Darkness to, to finish him off in the first place. And my Follow Me to get enough damage. And it took like, I want to say like five total attacks between Mystique, the Siege of Darkness, and Dr. Voodoo to, to down him. Because she uh, Mystique got, I think, all of her rapid fires, but just could not roll damage into him. And then any attack that did any damage was always one damage. So that was really unfortunate. I just burn a lot of resources to get him down. And I was just scared. Voodoo couldn't do it on his own. So I opted to, and I think that this was okay. Kingpin had two hammers very close by. I possessed him, got the two hammers, walked over one squ- space, and I had a choice. I could either ignore the black cat that was close by who had stolen a hammer previously. She had stolen my hammers off that point and ran. I could hit her, steal her hammer, and then bump away, or I could ignore her. And what I opted to do was I hit her, ended up one-shotting her, which was great, and then I bumped away. So really, at this point, the only thing that could stop me was Corvus Glaive walking over and one-shotting me. If he doesn't, uh, Dr. Strange moves over, heals him. I have all four hammers at that point. All I have to do is go sit in a corner uh, in, on one Infinity Formula, and I'll win the game. He doesn't have anybody on the right side anymore except for his bullseye. Bullseye's really easy to kill. I think if I get these, if I can deliver these hammers to the other side of the board, I've got it. I think I could have potentially well, pulled it around. Corvus comes over and one-shots Dr. Voodoo. Got in the hammers, <laughs> did a big staff uh, leg, but did a good As Corvus attack, did. and then maybe throw something He distributes the three hammers between Corvus, Proxima, and kingpin and the game is over there's no way i can kill all three of them and get enough points back to to win my characters are too far away i don't have enough damage at this point and the game was over i think the deception played a big part in my loss i think if i kill corvus there he's dead or or it's it's pretty hard for him to recover but we didn't so we go into game three uh i i have to win out for the rest of the league and uh i come against another strong player and johnny pastrami playing x-force I feel like this one was a very close game. I felt like I played it really well. Uh, he just got, I don't like to say I got diced because I think that seems like I'm, I'm taking away from what he did. He played a great game. I think he did everything right. I can't think of a mistake he made, but we both played brawls and uh, he, he took a turn where he dazed almost my entire team. He dazed Dr. Strange twice because I field dressing him, healed him, healed him and Honey Badger did five, four damage to him to finish him off. I just couldn't catch a break on dice rolls. I was constantly getting behind. Uh, there was a big turn where I, I was streaming the game and chat was wondering why I didn't kill Cable because I had him dazed and the next turn I could have finished him. My plan was uh, to shoot his X-23 uh, twice with uh, rapid fire, get four power on Mystique because everyone but Cable was piled around a size three ambulance. So I was going to get damage on everybody blow it up with Mystique and daze his entire team. And all I needed to do was get the rapid fire. 
uh, so that I could get enough power to do the expert sabotage. And I did not. I went ahead and did Siege of Darkness like I planned anyway and did, I believe, four total damage throughout the entire Siege of Darkness play and every single character made an attack. Really, really bad for me. But it was a great game. I I think dice were in his favor, but that's not the only reason I lost. He he also played it perfect. I don't think I, I, I think both, I think I made the one key mistake that really lost the game, but it was a really tight game either way. But with the two losses, I am out of the running for cuts. <laughs> Boo. That's okay. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Uh, you got about as unlucky as I've ever seen anybody. I mean, your schedule was, was brutal, man. It was, it was rough. I was a little upset with how the schedule worked out, but I had all three games were fun. A little frustrating at times, you know, it's never fun to lose. I learned a lot about my list and the changes to make, but I'm, I'm excited to get into the second half of the, the season and see how it runs and see how much fun I can have. Cause now it's just going to be fun games. Now I'm focused on having fun and just improving for next season. Nice. 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 I'm sure you will do very good the rest of your three games. I hope so. I don't think I, I don't think my heart can handle three more losses. <laughs> Mine either. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I watched all three of your games and they were, uh, you got some good luck to come to you in the last three games. <laughs> so you yeah. owed it. I will say I did get some of those luck and some of that luck back in strange attack rolls that I rerolled because I realized I needed one shots to win the game. I yeah. rolled really good with strange into uh, sploosh, but I was like, it doesn't matter that I got five hits. I need seven to, to win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, I was re-rolled, re-rolled. you rerolled six hits. <laughs> I was like, it doesn't matter if it's not seven. Let's roll. Let's go for it. Yeah, I was like, well, this is this is a madman. He's rolling seven <laughs> dice and he has six hits and he's re-rolling them. <laughs> <laughs> I needed the one shots. If it was, I had done the math. If it wasn't one shots, I was not going to score enough points. Yeah, I know. I understand. It was really bad. I was like, man, what a really crappy feeling to be like. I rolled six successes on seven dice, but it's not good enough. <laughs> yeah, <you needed> seven. <laughs> Well, let's go. Uh, let's jump over to Matthew. How's your season going? So so far, I've been uh, lucky enough to go three and zero. So I'm Woo! still still working it. Still working it. I'm playing Avengers with uh, Black Panther, Black Widow, both of the Captain Americas, Doctor Voodoo, Hulk, Iron Man, Luke Cage, and then I brought in to the fold the Amazing Spider Man and Black Cat. Uh, just to talk quickly about what changes I've made, I kept my roster exactly the same because I like all the characters and that's the biggest reason why I choose my characters. I swapped out, I had herbs as my extract and I swapped it out for Montesi, mostly because there's a lot of criminal syndicate I saw on the horizon and, um, and also I had a matchup against Black Order and I felt, and I pulled herbs from it and i felt like that put me uh, that made me feel like i i had a I had a weakness there especially going into the back half of the season so i swapped it for montessi because i can have a, a more controllable advantage even if i lose priority because of black cat and her stealing gross <laughs> it's a protection i'm trying to protect myself if i lose priority <laughs> i'm protecting myself from all the rule changes and uh, the other change I made was I dropped Bird of Prey, which it's I played that a lot in my Avengers playing, and I put in Fallback. 
I did not change my restricted cards, and I thought really hard about whether I was going to change med pack for field dressing, but I kept it as a med pack. Boo! Uh, you should have joined us. Should have joined play, us. <laughs> brace gang. What happened to brace gang? Well, I got brace. I have brace. Oh, I'm sorry. Brace field dressing gang. Yeah, the base. I I didn't. I thought really hard about it. Um, but there was never a point in my three games which continued the trend. We talked about this in the preseason talk that I was in a spot where when somebody was dazed that I, that I was able to field dress them with how I was playing and what my game plan was. But there were a lot of points where the med pack came in clutch, just giving that extra power and having that flexibility. Um, even when I played my game against black order, the, the both the time somebody got dazed, I wouldn't have been able to field dress them back. But we'll get into that. Let's get into that. Uh, the <laughs> games. The games. So um, I played my first game uh, against a guy named, or at least his his online persona was Brimstorm. Uh, he played Spider Foes, and it was it was it was it was a matchup I was a little nervous about because I had talked about how I was worried about Spider Foes, and I was I've learned from that game that. I don't mind sinister traps. I spent a lot of time thinking to myself how sinister traps can ruin things and they could hurt my characters so that they can so they can get dazed later. And what I learned from that game was that I can run somebody at a sinister trap, not even just purposely set up where I think the sinister trap's gonna be. The sinister trap gets placed, and then I run somebody like Black Panther in the case of this game. And he's already tanky, and then he gets he gets pushed, but he gets the power to do what he needs to do. Normally, I'm double moving, and then I go there. In this game, we were playing with Extremis, so he got hit, he took damage, he got pushed. I just moved again, and then I picked up the extract, and then healed myself off Extremis, and <laughs> I, I I I healed myself back to one damage, and I felt like that alone was enough. And I realized that uh, the Sinister Traps, while can be terrifying in the fact that it can disrupt, but if you plan for it, they can fuel you to get continue your game plan. But So I won that game. Uh, I played against one Absolute, which is Matt. Yeah. And he was he, on the Guardians cast. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was super nice. And uh, the unfortunate thing was when we played our first game, our first round and he forgot to put out his winging at tokens uh like till the very end of the match um because he's still adjusting to the new rules he was so ingrained with how to play guardians with the old rules where you can just decide at any moment to just you know junk uh, a tactics card and then just get your winging tokens so at the start of the first at the second round i reminded him don't forget your winging tokens and he did his winging at tokens and then about halfway through the second round, he just he was deciding he was going to do um, the, uh, the the tactics card that makes them do all kinds of crazy things. What lovable misfits? Is that it? Yeah, one of the one of the worst cards in the game. But keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. He was going to use the worst card in the game, but he couldn't use the worst card of the game because at that point he counted his characters to see who was going to do lovable misfits, and he realized at that point he wasn't affiliated. Ooh, feels bad. Oh no! Yeah, and we're already in the middle of the like second middle of the round. second round at that point. So he junked his uh, winging tokens, and we continued on. 
Uh, and I think with that game, I put Hulk out early, which I don't normally do. I put Hulk out early on one side of the board, and he just dumped all of his characters on that side of the board. And it and so he brought in Legacy Virus, and essentially what I did was I scooped up the Legacy Viruses, I stole one with Black Cat, I know, boo, but I did it, and, oh, and then everybody except for Hulk just ran to the other side of the board. And on the other side of the board, only person on the other side of the board was Drax. So <laughs> it was basically everyone on my team but Hulk against Drax. Uh, and Hulk just sat there. He didn't, he didn't really provide much uh, except for distraction that made it so that he couldn't send his entire forces afterward. The VPs were because if he did, then Hulk would have just gone around and scored VPs on the other side of the board. Uh, so he, from the secures... But that that was essentially the fatal flaw in Matt's plan, which was that his deployment was that a setup that I could be able to take advantage to move to the other side and just hold up until his reinforcements showed up. And by the time they showed up, it was too late. I was already ahead in points. So what you're telling me is Drax couldn't take it. Uh, no, he, he, he got he got KO'd. I, it was actually a, a bloodbath. I, I one-shot his... Um, his black cat like twice uh i i eventually ko'd drax i ko'd star lord yeah everyone everyone was getting ko'd and that had nothing to do with hulk that was just my steve rogers just throwing shields at people and dazing <laughs> them and ko'ing them wow uh so how often you do that with uh i feel like cap shields and his shields are surprisingly good i mean it's five dice range for you don't get cover you don't get it doesn't matter about line of sight. You know, I, I would throw a shield at Star-Lord. He'd be behind, like a size three thing. It didn't matter. doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't oh, get I, his yeah. Cover. Doesn't get his cover. He gets, he gets hit, and eventually Cap was just knocking people out. Iron Man was pushing people off. Who'd you get third round? Third round, I got a guy from Montreal, Canada, My uh, where part of my family is from, named uh, Sandwich Toby. And he played Black Order, and I was terrified about this matchup because I'm always terrified about facing Black Order because I feel like you face them, and then Corvus does Corvus things, and your life is ruined. And I kind we ended up with um, meteors, the, the C-shaped flip, and that's when I pulled herbs, and I realized I don't have the ability to do any extract stuff. Thanos will never allow that herb to be scored. So there's no way that I'm getting any extract points. And all we have is this secure. And that's the only thing I could do. And if he starts dazing enough of my characters that I can't flip these points, then he's just going to start running away with the game. Mm -hmm. And basically how the game went was I focused on just flipping those secures and distracting Corvus with Hulk. Um, again, Hulk doing distraction methods instead of vp methods and it took them it started out bad because at first thanos reeled in luke cage and then corvus did a casual one shot of luke cage and then wow. couldn't med pack him it's because he just got one shot and then the second and second round just a, another casual one shot of luke cage 
and I was like, this is not going well. But he just did not have the juice to do what he needed to do against Hulk. Hulk eventually did go down. Hulk eventually got dazed and was out of the game. But at that point, uh, there was there was not much else left to be done because he took so long to take out Hulk that I reached a threshold that I knew that no matter what, there were not enough rounds in the game for him to just get the points back. And at that point, I just had Black Panther and Steve Rogers just run on opposite sides of the boards and let him have the secures. He wouldn't be able to... Uh, he had to board wipe me at that point. Yeah, I think that in, in retrospect, because I watched your game, you played a really good game. I think that was actually a bad scenario, real bad for the Black Order player. I think he probably should have round two picked up the herb with Okoye and tried to just run Okoye across the table with the herb. Because you're right. I mean, he just concentrated on killing, killing, killing while you were just only scoring three points but there was only three points around basically. And by the time it hit round four and you scored that, that three points and it made it 12 to nothing. I mean, he had, he had the attrition game one, but he just couldn't score the points without scoring the herb. And at that point it was impossible for him to get the herb to the other side of the table. Yeah, I agree. He, he had, it was on the flank away from all the fighting was black Panther versus Koye. And because because Black Order does what Black Order does, and they and I I'm the last one to activate. I always just held Black Panther to the end, and Akoya doesn't have her re rolls and all the stuff that she normally has to be able to even threaten taking out a Black Panther. So I would just wait. She would try and flip the point back, and she always succeeded in flipping that point back, even though Panther was sitting on it. But then Panther would just, you know, strike her, push her off, flip it back. And it was not one player, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, missed the point. So that was kind of nice to see because, like, you know, if you would have pushed him off with Black Panther and missed the point, there were a few times he would have won that three points, and that would have been a really feels bad. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, sorry, I clapped my hands. That's not good on a podcast. But, uh, but uh, <laughs> leave it in. Leave it in. It's staying in. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, you know, so, but we, I won it. I felt very relieved when I won. And now going to round four, I'm playing uh, the the uh, the magician who won the magic, was it Magic, Sil- magic City Melee or whatever it was? Mm-hmm. Um, over in, over by your parts, he's playing X-Men. All X-Men. All 10 people in his roster are X-Men. A true gentleman. A true, all X-Men all day, baby. A scholar and a gentleman, and I am excited, and I'm a little nervous, and there's I can already tell there's some bad matchups, and I hope they don't come up. And he's 3-0, and right? He is also 3-0. and Yeah, nuts. Yeah. How about okay. you, Sooner? Well, let's go, let's go about me. I'm pulling up my list. So I'm playing uh, Wakanda. Uh, have been lucky enough also to uh, start out three and zero. I am playing uh, Black Panther, Okoye, and Shuri. I'm playing Hulk, Gambit, Voodoo, Black Cat, Angela, Toad, Iron Fist, and I believe that's ten. The big changes I made. Um, is I took Black Cat out and I put in Vision. Um, I needed another four-pointer. Uh, I had some thought of putting in Killmonger, uh, 
But I decided that uh, I was going to try to play a little taller than I wanted. Basically, I didn't want to go real wide. I wanted to play a little taller with my kind of heavy hitting characters like Angela and Hulk. So I put in Vision because I just feel like Vision's a better better character overall. Um, Outside of that, um, I left my roster the same. Uh, I did greatly change up my... um, crisis uh i almost did a a complete sweep of my secures Uh, i had gamma infinity and extremis um, which i think wakanda are all very good at those the problem is is criminal syndicate is taking over the world and they are also very good at infinity formula and extremis so um luckily luckily enough uh i was able to switch those out and I switched those to mutant madmen and portals overrun city uh, because they are not great at those. Um, and it kind of really uh, hurts their leadership when you have those. Oh, so uh, we left... have the same exact secures. We do. It's almost <laughs> like we talked about it. <laughs> um, I left Gamma in there because I think that my list may be the less, best list in the game uh, on Gamma. I don't know if that's wrong or right. We talked earlier. A lot of people think they're right or wrong, but um, I can go five wide. I can go four wide, and I can go with a lot of displacement. So almost every character in my list has displacement. So uh, I like Gamma in there. Um, I also think we talked earlier, I think Black Order and Criminal Syndicate aren't as good as maybe some people think at those two. Um, So I kept that in there. The other changes were just some minor changes in my tactics cards, nothing big. So I am 3-0. I played round one uh, against a guy named Right Mad, and I was so close to losing this game. I... So we we got paired up on Extremis and, um, let's see, Cures. And that was pretty good, I think, for me. But the rest of the game (laughs) did not go great for me. Um, I played Hulk, Black Panther, Shuri, and Okoye, and Voodoo. My Hulk got killed, or he got dazed. First activation of round two. Oof, wow. Yes, yes, I said that right. First activation of round two. My Hulk is gone from Proof the table. That, that Magneto kills better than Corvus Glaive. So he, <laughs> he made a good move. It was an aggressive move. And if it didn't work out, it was pretty much an instant loss on his end. Um, he, so I moved Hulk up. Um, oh, I don't know, middle of the round probably to throw Toad, who had just picked up a cure, to throw him back towards Voodoo so I could get that cure off of him, which was a good play and it worked. Um, So Hulk was sitting on one of the side extremists, so he wasn't close to anybody. Well, you know, in true Brotherhood fashion, uh, Scarlet Witch double moved to within, you know, four of Hulk, because um, he, he centrally deployed uh, all his big hitters, Juggernaut, 
Scarlet Witch and Magneto. And so he double moves Scarlet Witch. He then asteroid M's in Magneto. So Magneto goes and he took a couple swings at Hulk and he did he did pretty good dice. I think he ended up doing like maybe six damage total with his two attacks, something like that. Uh, it, it was it was good. Um, especially because one of them, he didn't have rerolls. So one of them was like just a regular old six dice attack into four dice with rerolls. So he had pretty good attacks then. And then of course he keeps Pryo. He immediately goes with Magneto. Um, I braced a size four um, throw earlier. Um, So Magneto does two attacks. Again, he does okay damage. Um, he leaves me, I want to say, on like 10 health left or 11 health left, uh, something like that. Um, so then he plays Follow Me to Scarlet Witch, who remembers within four. Um, so Scarlet Witch goes, she rolls her first attack and I think does like one damage. So at this point, Hulk has taken 12 damage. I'm feeling really good. This guy's like, yeah, I think I just lost the game Um, because all he has left is one attack with Scarlet Witch and a size two throw with Scarlet Witch. Um, And he's got to do eight damage to Hulk. Well, the next Scarlet Witch attack did spiked and did six damage (laughs) to my Hulk. So at this point, Hulk is sitting there with two health left. And I'm like, okay, he's throwing a size three at me. I have four physical dice with a reroll. So surely I can block two out of five of these and live. And his and if that happens, I pretty much right then and there, he had Juggernaut, Magneto, and Scarlet Witch all lined up for Hulk. <laughs> so it was going to be so dirty. And of course, Hulk blocks zero on five dice. <laughs> and he goes down. And so at this point, I'm like, well, this is trouble. Um, but I, I stayed calm and I kind of look at the board and I said, all right, I just got to play to my outs over and over and over. I said, you know, the good thing is, although he did that big play to take out Hulk, he's out of position and this is extremis. Um, so I basically just ran around, uh, scored points. Uh, I pretty much owe the game to Voodoo. Um, Voodoo just kept stealing stuff and running away. Now I will say he got insane dice with his juggernaut. Um, he one shot Okoye twice and he one shot Voodoo once with Juggernaut. Um, that's, that's not average dice. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. so it made it, uh, it made it very close. I ended up winning 15 to 12, but I thought in multiple times I lost. Um, I think Matthew watched the game. Basically the the reason I ended up winning is because I didn't attack with Voodoo into Jugs and I literally did it, I think, just to get one power to uh, try to steal an extract and then run away. And my voodoo, sp- I didn't damage, this is another thing, I did not damage one of his characters. I did not even do one damage until round five. Oh my God. Round five was the first round I actually did damage. And it wasn't, I mean, I did attacks. I just didn't do any damage. I didn't do a ton of attacks, but I did do some attacks. So anyway, I rolled this attack to do to get one power. Well, I spiked it for four damage. And so at this point, I'm like, 
oh god what what i do here and i look and i'm like man staff of legra looks pretty good right here with rerolls because i had not only his wakanda reroll because i had tons of power i had shuri within four so i was like man i think i can take juggernaut down and if i take him down i think i probably win this game so i chose to murder and i uh, did the staff of legbra and i barely got it and technically if apparently i apparently he could have shaken one of the damage too we didn't neither of us really knew apparently power burn you can shake separately so i guess juggernaut could have paid a power for the damage and a power for the power burn is that correct that's correct he could those are two different opportunities of damage so he could have done the nice punch on both of the different uh, sources so he could have reduced two of the damage he would have taken and would have been left on one yeah which would have been bad for me um but that ended up working out, and so I barely escaped round one. After that, I played a fella Geist 40. Uh, he was running Sam Spam, and uh, it was a pretty average game. It was 14 Senators, uh, and I had Pryo. Um, I have a very good 14 Senators list. It involves, as you would expect, Angela. Um, so Angela basically went first. She checked the middle. It wasn't there. She then moved to one of the sides, checked it, and got it. Uh, once she kind of got that, it was also on Extremis, and I just kind of pushed him off, kept pushing him off points, and uh, the the points just started adding up, adding up, and he just couldn't recover after that. Um, Black Panther tanked so many attacks because he was standing on a crate, and he kept trying to shoot him to push him off, <laughs> and he was just taking zero damage, zero damage, one damage. And then I would just activate Black Panther and heal it with the extremists. It was pretty pretty gnarly. And then my third round game was against Tom Sawyer. He was running Guardians. And guess what I got again? 14-point Senator. Um, <laughs> it, it was funny because I lost Pryo in this one. So I was like, all right, I'll get to play something you know fun. And he throws down Sword, and I get Senator. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess we're playing 14 points. Um, not exactly where I want to be playing Guardians of the Galaxy. But I was able to, again, get the Senator early on with uh, Angela. Uh, I kind of set up Angela. He had Pryo. The problem was is he really didn't have anybody but Drax to run up and grab it, or else I was just going to murder him. Like He had like Nebula and Star-Lord and Rocket and like people that he just didn't want to be in the middle of the table. Um, so Drax moved up. He looked for it on one side, didn't get it. So then Angela was able to go. She got the Senator and uh, just kind of played out from there. I just kind of kept pushing them away and, and just kind of scoring points. It, it was a, it was actually a very close game. I think at one point it was 11 to 10 because sword is stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> I read, I went four wide. He went five wide and he would end every activation with a double move and he got the 50 50 flip almost every time. And so he just kept getting three points. So even though I was scoring the Senator, um, he was scoring three points. So it just was kind of keeping parody because I scored it once or twice. And uh, anyway, the last round kind of wore him down and was able to take it home, I think 17 to 11, but it was, it was a close game. Nice. 
Yep. And then now I get to test my criminal syndicate because I'm playing into a criminal syndicate slash spider foes roster. So we'll see if my all my criminal criminal syndicate tech pays off. Yeah, criminal syndicate. Uh, we'll talk about them a little bit later, I'm sure, but they are. Uh... They're obnoxious. That's how well, I'll put I put it right now. Uh, I think let's go ahead. I mean, I think our next kind of category is we just kind of, you know, review the what seems to be the meta so far of season seven. And uh, I mean, I can tell you if you look at the central bracket, uh, there are a lot of, I think almost half, not not fully half, but almost half are criminal syndicate that are left are undefeated. Yeah, criminal syndicate is. Uh kind of everywhere right now they're super powerful right now yeah i mean the the changes that were made they they reward unfortunately i think affiliations that don't really need to throw dice which i don't know is a great thing or what amg intended um, but that's kind of what it rewards so i mean i think you see the top affiliations right now and stuff that's winning Outside of Brotherhood, who got all those changes and have a lot of people playing them, um, but a lot of the people that are winning are like Criminal Syndicate, Web Warriors, stuff that you don't necessarily have to roll a whole lot of dice. Well, I th- I think that like some of it has to do with, uh, that's just kind of where a lot of the really good players, named or not named, just that's kind of where they're veering towards. And it, it may be partially to do with the fact that there's the uncertainty coming out of the new rules. So they want that certainty of diceless interactions. And so, like we talked before, the pedigree of the player is going to always kind of trump the pedigree of the affiliation, especially nowadays. And I, a lot of those players that we're seeing are really good players and they're playing really well. And on top of that, when you combine really good play with these kind of interactions like Criminal Syndicate, it can get almost oppressive to somebody who is not as prepared against that kind of strategy. What I think would be interesting to see is in the back half, when all these players are facing off against other players who are prepared for what Criminal Syndicate has to bring, and they see that Criminal Syndicate is going to be there and they're going to tech their rosters for Criminal Syndicate. How much success will Criminal Syndicate have? Will they be as successful as they are now or how approximately how successful they were before where there was kind of a 50-50? Yeah, I think that, you know, I'll use my roster for example. Uh, I mean, I think how I do against a Criminal Syndicate player will largely depend on who wins priority role. Um, which is unfortunate, but that's kind of the lay of the land. I think if I win priority, I think my list is definitely favored into a criminal syndicate uh, team. Uh, certainly doesn't mean I'm going to win at all, uh, but I think that you know it, it that tremendously helps me. I think if the criminal syndicate wins prio, I think that it probably slightly shifts to them being favored. So I mean, it's. It'll be very interesting um, to see over the next three weeks. Well, yeah. something else to notice. Oh, no, go ahead, Josh. Oh, if y'all have something to say about that, that's fine. Go ahead. I don't. <laughs> I was going to slightly veer off, so you go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, um, for me being in the, uh, the for fun bracket now, uh, I didn't tech super hard for Criminal Syndicate in the initial half of the league, and I definitely regret that, like, I wish I had had more ways to deal with that, uh, that matchup 
more consistently. Cause I think that's, that's a major part of what lost me game two. And I think that going forward, you got to have an answer, whether it, there's no real hard answers in this game, but you got to have something right now. Cause you're going to find them on your way to the, the end of a, of an event like this. And they'll just, they'll just beat you for free. If you, if you don't stop them. One thing that's nice um, is that a lot of times you have to tech for Black Order when you're making a competitive roster because you, if you don't tech appropriately, then you it's kind of a hard lose. And I've noticed that a lot of the things that you do to tech against Black Order are similar things that you do to tech against Criminal Syndicate. You know, flip secures like Spider Portals and Mutant Madmen, Gamma having uh, abilities to misdirect what they do when they do when criminal syndicate does have to attack being able to misdirect it so there's a lot of overlap in that tech mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I would agree with that um definitely when i was teching those were the two biggest i teched for i tried to throw in a little bit of web warrior stuff it's hard to really tech hard against three affiliations especially when web warriors is a little different um so I, I, I definitely think that I saw a lot of crossover between Black Order and Criminal Syndicate. Yeah, especially like all three of these affiliations have, they're kind of skewy. Like they're going to do things that if you don't have a, a response to it, they don't really get an easy win, but it's it, it's potentially very difficult for you to play the game. And all, all three of them are, are completely different techs. There's a little bit of overlap with some of them, but it, it's, you can't bring like your black order tech into into web warriors and expect it to work uh, or vice versa. So you have to have all these different things in there or your characters have to already be good against it. And it's, it can be really tough to find something that's not these, these affiliations and find success as well. Yeah. And I want to give a shout out to the community too. Uh, the T- the TTS community. I mean, man, this league has gotten just tougher and tougher. A lot of, uh, big names are already out of it and, you know, going, just going into week four, uh, you know, Merzane, um, obviously big name, you're out of it. Um, Travis Foss is out of it. He's made, he made the first five seasons. He made cut, he missed cut last year or last season. And then of, of course this season, but he's already out of it. Pat, our two-time champion has already lost the game. So if he loses one more, I mean, it is just brutal nowadays. Uh, you're going to give him a shout out. I'm going to ask you to please stop. <laughs> It'll give me an easier to hear. It's bad on my heart. Jeez. <laughs> but no, for real, I think you're right. Like the um, community has definitely improved both like competitively, like, like rosters and players are getting better. And then also just like more fun. Like I have had you know, the more and more the lilies go on, I've had more and more fun, like playing the people. It's going to sound weird. I'm actually excited for the opportunity to, to not be vying for the cuts this time. I'm, I'm usually either right there at the cusp of it or I make it in. Uh, this is going to be the first league that really early on, I know I'm not making it uh, so I can kick back and have fun, uh, fun games with people instead of uh, trying to win. And I'm really excited for that because I've, I've seen a lot of really fun games get played in the league outside of like the competitive scope as well. And I'm just excited to be in that environment for a change. Yeah. And that's so true. I mean, not that, I mean, all the, the competitive players are, 
I mean, everybody's competitive, but I mean, once you get in those week five, week six games, I mean, they get tense. I mean, yes. not that any, not that anybody's being, you know, a jerk or anything like that. They're just a tense game. You know, people are trying to make cuts. And so you're trying to get every little, you know, squeeze everything you out of have out of everything. And, and there's just some tenseness going on. I mean, not just in the game, but just because of the nature of the league where you're, you might be, you might be spending the entire week waiting before you play your game and you're sitting there just staring at both lists, your list and your opponent's list. And you're like, how do I beat this guy? What if this combination comes up? What if that combination comes up? Oh no. How am I going to possibly win? And if I don't win, then I'm going to get knocked out. Yeah. (laughs) That certainly happens. I have already shadow boxed for my upcoming match because I'm, I'm trying to just find out what crisis situations are really bad for me and how can I what what rosters can I bring to those crises to minimize the bad matchups and the only way I can do it you know I could head theory it but I also sometimes just you know shadow box through it on TTS and see where can this falter where 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 am I losing do I have enough power where do I where do I position these people because knowing my knowing my luck sometimes I'll just we'll just end up with that crisis combo and I want to be prepared yeah I mean that's that's how you do it. I uh, I think uh, that's really good. Um, and early on in the TTS seasons, I did do a lot of practice games and stuff like that. And it, now I'll just try to you know like I played a, a, a game this past weekend um, where I played my my list just to practice my list. I played it in the I think whatever the guy was playing black order or something like that, just a random pickup game. And, you know, I certainly don't want to sound like I don't practice at all. Uh, I certainly do. Um, or I try to <laughs> when I can, but, uh, it, certainly the best thing to do is come prepared. I mean, if you're trying to win this thing and you're trying to make top cuts and thing, I mean, you want to try to play, uh, as many of those practice games as you can. It, it, tremendously helps like you just said uh literally you saw in those practice games what you needed to do and then you implement it and you won those games Mm -hmm. so it's it's extremely uh good theory to get into it's good to know primarily what your stuff does definitely you want to know what your your models limits which is typically how i how i prepare as i learn my my what my models can and can't do uh consistently And then versus most opponents, unless they're bringing something like very specific, like some really specific trick or tech, generally knowing what your opponent is going to be like, how they interact with each other, like general affiliation, black order, knowing how black order works is a big leg up that, that if you just don't, uh, and there are going to be like gameplay quirks, like, like play quirks that every player has for their particular black order build. But a lot of their goals are going to be the same. So you can kind of apply that to every game you play in the Black Order. You just have to be able to adjust when you notice those little those little quirks. Like some people might play Bullseye to finish you off. Or some people might play Okoye to keep themselves safe. Or they might play Toad so they have something to work on the objectives. Stuff like that. Yeah, if that makes I, sense. If I don't sound like I'm just rambling. No, it definitely makes uh, sense. I'm sure that I'm going to make some mistakes in these last few games and I will miss cut. So, no, uh, you guys are both we'll going to make see. it so I can live vicariously through you two <laughs> and Will because Will's also making it to top cuts. Go Will. <laughs> Say so, what? Go Will. Yeah, go Will. Go house Will. Party Protocol. 
He's going to make it. I swear. He'll make it. This show wouldn't be possible without the members of the Guild Hall and our sponsors Tritex Games, based in the EU, and War Room Hobbies, based here in Tennessee. Both are great local gaming stores that have game nights and are supporting their local communities. So if you're shopping online, please consider using them as an option to support an LGS instead of a company like Amazon. And to help beat those prices, I have some codes that will save you even more off their already discounted prices. If you use the code TRITEXGGCP5 at checkout, you will save an extra 5% off from Tritex's MCP selection. And if you check out at War Room Hobbies, you can use the code MCP2022 for an extra 10% off of your order. And if you already are shopping from your LGS and are wanting to support the Guild's videos or podcasts, check out our Patreon page. For as little as a dollar a month or $12 a year, you help us continue to put out content for Marvel Crisis Protocol. All right, fellas, we are going to jump into the podcast questions for this week. And one of our own, Matthew, has one of them for himself. So especially now that we're all in the brace gang, (laughs) but I'm pretty sure we're all also in the indomitable gang. No, no. Okay. Well, Josh, you could still give your opinion, but (laughs) when in in rosters like my, my own, where you have brace and indomitable in it, how do you determine whether you bring one, one or the other or both? So I'll start because uh, mm-hmm. I have them both in for sure. Um, I think it depends on who I'm playing. Um, if I'm playing Web Warriors, Indomitable will obviously be in there. If I, And I'll probably include Brace just for the mile because at some point Miles is going to throw you, right? Even if they have nobody else, even if they don't have Venom or somebody else that can do a throw, Miles, almost every game is going to throw you. Uh, so someone like that, I'll, I'll put it in there. Um, I will say this. I think that I was either am or was overplaying Indomitable. I think that I can probably drop that in some matchups. I play it pretty much every single time. And I think there's times where it's really not that big of a deal. Um, And put in a card like mission objective. uh, And that's what I will probably be doing. But I I think it's, it's hard to give a straight answer to that because it just completely depends on the roster you're playing and the scenario or crisis that you're playing. Well, for me, like part of the conundrum, whenever I'm looking at it, is that it's 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 essentially two tactics card slots. If I bring both uh, out of my five that are dedicated to essentially this level of dealing with throws and pushes and damage and such, and it's hard for me to tell because you, I look at a roster and I feel like no matter which one I choose, if I only choose one, it's the wrong choice. I always feel like I'm going into it and somebody's going to throw something at me and I wish I brought brace and then I'm going to be in a situation where somebody's going to throw me or push me and then I wish I brought Indomitable. I think brace is a better card. I think if you're 
debating on which one. I think unless they don't have any throws or you don't think they're going to bring any throws, I think you want to bring Brace personally. Um, Indomitable can save you, yes, a throw into somebody, but Brace can also negate that. Um, And then the second thing is Indomitable, a push off of a point or, you know, out of position that can a lot of times just be changed. Like, yeah, maybe it's a stagger and you'll have to, to move and then attack. But I mean, I just think brace can save a a character from uh, dazing. It's just a more impactful card personally. I guess I should talk about why I don't have it anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Let's hear it. So I agree. I think brace is more impactful a lot of the time. Um, primarily because it's going to save someone from dying. Uh, and there's a lot of games, in my opinion, that I, or at least that I've played where they don't come down to a single push or throw unless that throw is damaged. Usually very rarely did I make, I can either shore up these, the, the repositioning aspect through positioning or proper action economy to get back on the points or the right list choices to take people that can charge back to the points and still, or push people themselves. So typically I found that I wasn't taking it because I was either just playing good enough to not need it, which I lost, but it wasn't because it was typically because I was getting killed and not indomitable or not getting pushed. Um, and versus teams like web warriors, you, it, it's sort of the, um, what is it? The problem with, braces sometimes versus care like teams like brotherhood you have this problem where the entire game you're trying to figure out is this the throw that i brace and you have that with indomitable like brace can save someone from dying indomitable's not going to save you versus web warriors staying on a point if web warriors players want you off a point they're going to make you burn it and then they're going to make you get off the point anyway so in those matchups i didn't feel like it was very useful and those are the ones that I wanted to bring it for. I wanted to stop myself from getting pushed or, or thrown off points. And then also it doesn't help you at all versus some of the more popular things that are coming out right now. It doesn't save you versus Dr. Voodoo who just makes you not count. It doesn't save you versus black cat who just steals stuff. It doesn't save you versus Thanos. Who's going to mind gem you and teleport you. Doesn't save you from people like Enchantress or Modok who aren't huge right now, but they're still really big, like really big problems sometimes for your list. Uh, it really only helps you against like throws, I think. So like Hulk is a really big one and Juggernaut's another really big one. I think it's best use scenario for me is when someone does, do you know who I am? And you indomitable it because it prevents a long throw on a character. Like for me, Dr. Stranger, uh, Ghost Rider. So I took it out in favor of mission objective uh, because I thought that for the cases like Dr. Voodoo, where they are going to make me drop objectives anyway or kill me and make me drop objectives. It was better to pass those objectives to healthier people and make them kill me again. Uh, because again, I'm, I'm going to get repositioned and I can either play better and position correctly and not get re- uh, get knocked out of position or I can take indomitable and shore that up. I felt like not that there's a problem with taking both. I think like um, yeah, I, I talked about I talked about this with Will in House Party Protocol. He plays Convocation, and I think it being another brace for impact for him is a really good thing. And if you have if you have squishier characters that don't like to get stuff thrown at them, 
or get thrown into each other. Or if you have Hulk, uh, I think that's a really good, a good card to have so that you don't, you just, you don't take the throw portion of that. So should I play Indomitable or Brace against my matchup against all X-Men? Um, <laughs> who's he playing? Uh, so he got Rogue and... Just name an X-Men that you think should be in the roster and they're in there. They're in there. Um, Probably Brace because he might play Cable and no cable. Rogue. There's no Cable. Oh. Oh, well... The, well Rogue can only throw like... Terrain. Yeah, it's, the, the throwers are like Rogue. Well, she can throw characters if she... Uh, if she with her spender, spender. yeah, yeah. Ro- rogue. Um, uh, you got uh, storm. You got cyclops. Yeah, I don't know. Is he gonna ever play cyclops? <laughs> He's in his roster. I assume he has a plan. So the ones that you're worried about are beast has a throw and a push. Cyclops yep. has a push. Do- uh, Gambit has a push. Yep. Uh, rogue has the throw on her spender. Storm has a throw and that's it. So five characters that are looking to push or throw you. None of them's thing is Gambit's. One of his things is to push you to me. I think in this case, unless you're suspecting rogue to do a lot of terrain throws. So it's going to depend on your board. Uh, Like if there's a lot of size four and three terrain that you're scared of, probably brace. Uh, But indomitable might help you in case he comes up and gets the lucky wild on a gambit attack. It's not that lucky. It's not that lucky. You just need to roll a hit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just to hit and have the power, but like, you know what I mean? Like if he walk, if he moves walks and it'll also, I think in this case, because he's kind of got the perfect storm of like not quite enough pushes to rely on them. Cause a lot, a lot of them aren't very reliable. Um, that it will probably make him think twice about whether or not he wants to move in and go for it. And if he does, you might get him out of position to, he, he might come in to do it, to make you burn it. And then you get him, uh, you get him in a better position for you. Uh, like I, I think that for me, Indomitable will be better for this matchup specifically. If you take tanky people and there's not a whole bunch of like big terrain. I think it, I think it comes down to, do you think he's going to play rogue or not? If you think he's going to play rogue, then I would take brace. Probably. Yeah. Because let me tell you what you don't want. You don't want to be sitting without a brace for impact and be taking size four and size three throws to the face. Yeah. Well, if if he takes like rogue and he knows that the objectives are going to sit in places where there's only size one and two to worry about, he's probably in an okay. Never happens. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't ever happen. uh, That my first, my first board only had like size two terrain, like around where I was standing. I, it wasn't very like populous. Yeah. That's, you can almost always find at least a size three terrain around it, around an objective point. And if it's just one size three, I feel like you can kind of get away with it. Like depending on who you put there, like if you got like a Luke cage or something that you can put there or uh, an iron man, you could put there. He, they probably don't care as much. Just like Hulkbusters. Are, are you playing Hulkbuster? I got Hulk. Oh, should take an Hulkbusters, and you could then you would not you wouldn't even need brace. Yeah, just take like a down wall though. I like Hulk. Pork and Los Dos. Let's jump into our next one. Hopefully, hopefully we answered it. We took a long time to answer it, so hopefully we answered it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Z Swizzle um, says, if you had to take an unaffiliated roster to a tournament, 
who would your 10 characters be? Ooh, I mean, I'm just going to take all my favorite characters. So like Gambit, Ghost Rider, both Peter Parkers, just because I like them. Uh, Loki with a gem, probably Thanos with a gem. Rogue, Iron Man, Hulkbuster, Hulk. Those are probably the 10 I would take just because I would be playing like lots of really dumb stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends. I mean, if I'm going to a tournament and I'm just going to play unaffiliated, uh, I'm probably not going to that tournament looking to win the tournament. So I would just take my favorite characters. I would literally just take us. I'd probably take a six threat, a five threat, a couple four threats, two two threats, and fill the rest out with three threats of my favorite characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like if I try to do that approach, it just end up having Avengers. Uh, (laughs) That would work. I don't know. Unaffiliated. I'd probably do something around Thanos, like some kind of like jank around Thanos and bending into his throwing a whole bunch of throwing, throwing a whole bunch of dice. You know, that, that I like Thanos as a character, but not necessarily to try to bust him. So that'd probably be, just try to throw dice with Thanos. Mm-hmm. Very good. So Brad A asks, curious if anyone is using versatile strategy, always interested in unexpected dual affiliations. Um, I can answer first. I am not. I am playing mono Wakanda. Yeah, I am not because most of my game plan is around just mostly using Steve. And I, after testing a little bit i haven't found that uh, the juice is worth the squeeze for that sam steve uh to be able to predict in advance yeah and i'm playing midnight suns we don't have a second leader um yeah. i i am considering going web warriors and i feel like there's some interesting options for it in that affiliation and i'm trying to figure out if that's a, if it's worth exploring or not i definitely but. i definitely explored it a little bit with web warriors um, but I was never presented with a situation when I, in my test games that it was worth it. Like I took it even when I, every time I, I took it, I felt like I was forcing it and it was not the right game plan. And I ended up not really working for me. Mm-hmm. I, so far, I think web wars is probably the best bet in certain situations as a tech piece, but Probably the best use of versatile strategy that I'm seeing is probably going to be Criminal Syndicate when Shadowland Daredevil comes out. That's all I can think of that makes it worth bringing. Because if you're bringing it as a tactics card, you want to bring it with a plan in mind and you want to execute that plan. And it's hard knowing going into your squad building phase before you see what they're bringing and to know whether or not you can use versatile strategy to capitalize and it not being just a dead card. So, but with criminal syndicate, you can make a plan of how you're going to execute Kingpin into Shadowland Daredevil. Mm -hmm. The, the way I could see current metagame playing it, and I don't know if it would necessarily be good would be to do brotherhood or Avengers and you start with Mystique or Steve and swap to the other one because you have some sort of like shenanigans you want to pull with the um with like a point somewhere. Like you want to move up and grab the point and then use a superpower or something. Um, well, but you can't then, swap between affiliations. Well, yeah. Well, you, you use Brotherhood 
or Avengers, what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I gotcha. gotcha. So event, so you use Steve's leadership and then swap to Sam and then you use Mystique's leadership and then swap to Magneto. Uh, so you get like an early advantage on one of their things to get like, uh, so it's basically like a weird janky old fashioned advanced R and D sort of thing where you kind of, you kind of just use it to get an extra power on your first character or something through the leadership that they have. Yeah. And I just, I just don't think it's worth the, I just don't think it's worth taking up the slot. Most likely not. I don't know if it's good or not, but that's probably like a case scenario. I could see it being played in to do like a very specific circumstances. And I don't know what exactly what it would be, but that's the only thing I can think of current game. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that the problem when you run into brotherhood, I think is Magneto's leadership is really good at the beginning of the game. So I don't know if you want to take that away because I'll tell you right now, if I'm the opposing player and you have versatile strategy and you start with mystique, every thrower I have is going to start throwing terrain turn one. Oh, I'm saying like you get priority and then turn one, use mystique's leadership on like a secure, on like a, an extract, get the power back, do something with it and then immediately swap to Magneto. But is that worth? Yeah. I just don't think that's worth the tactics card though. I don't, I don't think it's worth the tactics card either. I don't know any tech that I could make that work in specifically. So you know, yeah. maybe, maybe someone will come along and prove us wrong. Um, but that's, I think there's something to explore there, there maybe now, or maybe in the future and it, getting like a turn one play with it. But I, like I said, I don't know anything. It definitely yeah. feels like a card that will gain uh, more utility as more leaders come out. Sure. Definitely. All right. Well, let's get to our last question. It came from the sweet, sweet singing voice of Kenny G. It is. What were your? What is your one biggest lesson learned from your game this season, or from your games this season? Let's go with. Uh, let's go with you, Josh. What, what you got? <laughs> Dice suck. <laughs> <laughs> You're just now learning that. <laughs> I've always known that, but I've always been blessed by dice. But uh, I have a. They failed. They let me down this year. Uh, no, I think for my actual lesson learned is. Um, if I'm going to want results, I probably need to come with a better plan uh, in my list. I, I I mentioned I typically just kind of like figure it out as I go. And this year, this this season, I was playing probably one of my more fun lists because uh, I just really wanted to play Ghost Rider and, and Midnight Suns and stuff and didn't think about the consequences of playing the, the affiliation, didn't think about them into the field. And then uh, after I had kind of locked things in, in my mind, I realized like, oh, this is terrible to this field. Like Midnight Suns is a good affiliation, but in the current metagame, like what's going on right now, like they are not, they are not geared to be successful right now. So next season, I'm probably going to play something not necessarily because it's meta, but something that I feel like can survive better in the, uh, in the meta of season eight. Sure. What about you, Matt? My biggest lesson is really learning how to, identify who has your objectives, who's focusing on your VPs. Uh, one thing that I thought was interesting when I was learning was whether or not something like Hulk, I, two of my games, I used Hulk more of as a distraction piece um, who you could not ignore. He was doing, he was in there and he was forcing himself in there. And he was going to mess everything up, but he himself was not holding any, he wasn't holding any extracts and he wasn't really doing anything with the secures. He was just being a chaotic element to mess up their plan. And 
I've also had the same thing with Captain America, especially since he bodyguards a lot, making sure that he doesn't have an extract so he can bodyguard without concern, without that. I've had games in the past where I was thinking, do I bodyguard? Do I not? Because if I daze cap, then I lose my extract. But him not having that extract made it much easier for me to know who to protect, how to protect these people. And it was something that I learned a lot more in the last three games about how to prioritize who has what. Nice. It's a good lesson for sure. Um, For me, I probably my biggest thing I learned is, you know, I jumped into Wakanda, uh, hadn't played them in about a year and a half, Uh, played them in season one, haven't really picked them up since. Um, That was a long time ago. Uh, I've so coming into the season was just kind of learning. I think I only played two games with them before going into the season and just kind of picking them back up there. They've certainly lost a little bit of uh, steam with the, the nerfs that they got, but man, they're still really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They, they still, you know, Okoye's nerf hurts. I mean, Okoye is not near the character she was, but the size three restrictions on the push, I, I haven't even felt those at all. Um, and they're just, uh, they're just still really strong, man. They still do what they do very well. And then I'll give a little bonus one. This is not really a quote-unquote lesson learned, but I was playing before I decided to play Wakanda. I was playing X-Men, and I was playing a lot of Gambit, and I have Gambit in my Wakanda list, and I've played him in a couple games. And uh, that guy gets a bad rap, man. He is a very good (laughs) character. I know a lot of people are... You know, he's pretty split in the community. Some people say good or bad, but he's been nothing but good for me. I said from the start, I think he's solid. I just don't think he fits in. He's not a, he's not this like a, a splashable three for every roster. Like I, no, I wouldn't take him not. in Midnight Suns, but Wakanda, yeah. I like, I'm looking at him for Min, for uh, not Midnight Suns. I'm looking at him for Web Warriors. I'm looking at him for, if I want to play Criminal Syndicate, I feel like he like really fits into all these places really well. Yeah, I mean, I think what he does best, I know some people say it's the push. I don't think that's what he actually does best. I think it's damage dealing. So if you're looking for a damage dealing three threat, he's very good and then also has the push. So yeah, give him a try. He's good. So, well, I think that wraps up our uh, episode. Uh, You want to take us out, Josh? Uh, Well, do we want to be in the end game now? Let's just skip end game. We're going way long. Skip end game. We're no longer in the end game, folks. Yeah, it's a short end game. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I guess uh, next time we're going to be talking about spider foes. I believe it's going to be uh, me, Matthew, and Kenny on the cast. It's going to be a uh, which I'm inaugural- excited because I haven't had a game. I mean, I haven't had a podcast with uh, Kenny. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's going to be your inaugural, your your debut together, and I'm really excited to see how y'all uh, how y'all work together. It's going to be a riot. It is. I am. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to def- defer a lot to you two uh, because I know nothing about this affiliation. <laughs> I'm going to have to either do a lot of research or just, n- just smile and nod for you guys. Oh, we'll bring some nonsense. Well, uh, I guess that uh, ends it for our podcast tonight. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to message us, uh, send in your podcast questions to us. And then the discord, uh, the gamers guild discord, for our patrons on Patreon, um, we got a lot of we're, we've got some good conversation going in there. We're trying to get the the community built up so people will come and 
and talk more and ask more questions. Uh, maybe have more dedicated podcast question episodes if we can start getting enough of them. Um, but until next week, keep on gaming.